Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. <laughs> Please say something. Let's get through this quickly. We're doing it remotely. You're at your house because uh, they've, um, they're sending Rudy home from preschool because it's too hot there. Mm. I've had to come up to the loft here. It is so hot. I've been up here about two minutes. And I'm not, this isn't even, I'm not just saying this to be funny. I, I've developed a heat rash in the time since I've been sitting here. No. Yes, okay. it's too much. It's okay. too much. What this feels like coming up here, it feels like in Chernobyl, where somebody has to go back to the control room to try and stop the meltdown. That's right. what it's like asking of me to come out here into this loft to record this podcast. Okay, well, I'll, I'll say one thing to you. Hot enough for you. Oh. <laughs> Had to be done. Yeah. Oh, God. Hot enough for you. Oh, my God. I mean, we are, I don't know about you, we are all uh, sleeping in the same room because our bedroom is where all the, the fans are concentrated. We've got four, I think, in there, maybe five. <laughs> really? It looks like, you know, if you drive through somewhere like Denmark and there's wind farms everywhere. Yeah. That, that is what our bedroom looks like. Jean, meanwhile, is sleeping on a mattress on our floor. So the whole room has got the vibe of a village hall during a disaster when people are just sleeping everywhere. Oh, wow. And Sarah and I are having big arguments about the extent to which the, the bedroom window should be open. Oh, okay. So you're you're fully open, I'm guessing. No, 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 because I I think it doesn't make a big difference. So she is of the opinion that for the air to get in, it needs to be open to a gaping extent. Mm-hmm. Where I've been saying, I'm not sure that air works like that. I think it it just just comes in. It's not like a pigeon. It's not like it's going to fly into the glass and then bounce off. <laughs> I just a little bit is open, and by not having it open by half a meter or more, it's not a signal to burglars to say, "Hey, why don't you scale the front of our house and climb in to the room right. we're all sleeping in?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she thinks no burglar is going to be scaling the front of our house in in this heat. Would you be horrified to know that I slept with the windows closed last night? That's interesting. Talk, talk me through that. Because I just it was really noisy the night before. There was foxes getting up to no good. And I thought, no, I'm just going to shut it and it'd be a bit quieter. And I'll be, I'd rather it be quiet and hot than cooler and noisy. Uh, how do you know it was no good, by the way? Well, because they were doing the unpleasantness. Oh, that's, no, that's, nothing that's good sound. comes of the unpleasantness. I didn't know that you were that familiar with the range of sounds that foxes <laughs> make and what each of them... Oh, each of them very, signify. very, very much so, yeah. 
Oh, so speaking of horrifying nighttime noises, as you know, I, I have bad nightmares at the best of times. Mm. But because of, I think, the, the restless sleep and the heat and the sound of all these fans moving and clunking and whirring and so on, I've been waking up literally screaming, seeing things. So two nights ago, I thought the red standby light on the telly was a fire. I started screaming that the bedroom was on fire. Last night at about 3am, I woke up screaming because I thought the chimney had fallen off and was in our bedroom and the house was about to collapse. Oh my God. This is a very relaxing night for your family. So so Jean slept through the whole thing. Oh, did he? That was good. Sarah um, is a light sleeper at the best of times. So, you know, she she wakes up if I am pointing the wrong direction in bed. (laughs) Is it the breathing pattern that she picks up on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so then because of me me shrieking, um, she wakes up, even though she's fine with fans, by the way. She mm, says it's I, like yeah. white noise. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't. I I have difficulty getting to sleep with the fans on because they're so loud. Does the white noise principle apply to like the, the engines of a, a jet plane? Yeah. When get, you said they were, yes, <laughs> when you said they were four, I did wonder. Yeah. yeah I think the decibels are uh, perhaps more the point than whether the noise is white or not. Mm. So 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 anyway, she woke up when I was screaming last night, and she started having a real go at me and saying, "Jeff, Jeff, you have to stop it with these hallucinations." Oh, like you've got any control over it. Like that's how hallucinations work. Oh yeah, stop that then. Oh, how is how's Rudy doing with it? (laughs) Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, he's he slept through. He's fine. Rusty, I'm angry with because um, I did a lot of research into keeping dogs cool in this weather, and I saw a, a video about making these frozen treats out of peanut butter and banana. So I very lovingly made these treats, froze them, gave one to them, him. And he turned his nose up at it. And please bear in mind that three days previous, he ate some fox poo. He was happy to eat fox yeah. poo, but not I mean, my treat. Having been on the receiving end of uh, food that you've lovingly made, <laughs> oh! I have a certain, certain amount of sympathy. <laughs> so next time, I'm just going to freeze some fox poo for him. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Eugene is, is insisting on wearing socks. In bed or just all the time? Just to school. Oh, right. So um, he's got sandals, but I cannot persuade him that his feet, and just generally he would be cooler if he just wore sandals without socks, but he is insisting Mm. on socks with sandals, which I think is insane. But I also think, oh, he's his dad's boy. Oh, Sarah and I, um, we, we we tried to go yesterday. We tried to go outdoor swimming. Oh, where? Well, we we uh, Amstead Ponds. So we dropped oh, yeah. Jean off at school at nine a.m. and then we went straight on the London Overground to Hampstead Heath. And, and may I just say, if you are in the London area, I highly recommend the Overground. It's air conditioned. Oh yeah, yeah. You could spend the day on that. T- today, after we finish the podcast, I'm just going to go back and forth between <laughs> Dalston Junction and West Croydon. Um, <laughs> So, so then, so so we get to um, Hampstead Heath, and then we get off the train, and it's so hot. And even on a moderately hot day, Sarah and I do not like the sun. So, I think the the way in which we both chase shadow as we walk along a street looks crazy. So we're we're zigzagging across the road, depending on which side has the the, the highest number of shops with awnings that we can then walk under or walk in, in the shadow of. Then we get into a little row because 
she's insisting that we walk in single file so that we can walk in very narrow shadow. <laughs> or as I like going two by two and holding hands. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and then we also have a disagreement because we have a different approach to the, the speed that one moves at in heat. Okay. So I think move fast, get it over and done with as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. She thinks move slowly to uh, reduce the uh, intensity with which you sweat. Mm-mm. But I, th- I think you probably sweat as much on balance in the heat. Because okay. you're sweating anyway, and if you're in it longer, I think you end up just as wet. I don't know if anybody can crunch the data on that for me, but that's a, a theory I've been developing. Right. So, uh, so, so anyway, we got there. And I would say between 9 and 10 when we got there, probably, probably 9.30-ish. And the queue for this outdoor pond, I mean, it, it was insane. I'm thinking, like, do these people not have jobs? <laughs> are these people all like me? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was like the corkscrew at Alton Towers or when they open a new Ikea. It was, it was that insane. And I'm looking for some kind of sign that says it'll be 45 minutes from this point or something to get an indicator. Mm. Mm. And then in the distance, right down the end of the queue, I see a, a guy with a staff polo shirt and he, he's shouting something. But I can't hear him. And do you find this? People never make announcements loud enough. No, ever, never, ever, ever. Like the worst one is on a bus. If the mm. driver needs to tell you something, and it's usually, okay, uh, we won't be stopping between this stop and the terminus and anywhere you want to go, we're going nowhere near it. But they just mum- mumble it. Announcements are never made loudly enough. The more crucial it is, the quieter it is yes. as well. <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly right. So um, they, sh- they should take a, a lesson off people who uh, want to tell you about their religion in the street with a megaphone. They're good at it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, any, if anything, they could do with just taking it down a couple of notches. <laughs> Those people should run training courses for people who have to make important announcements. Mm, yes. I don't know that they would say saving yourself from going to hell is an important announcement. But anyway, so, so, so we're in this thing where an announcement is being made. We can't hear it. So, so I wander down to the front and I try and do it nonchalantly because I don't want to look like I'm cue cutting. So I wander down and um, what he's saying basically is we're, we're closing this pond in 15 minutes. So it is highly unlikely that most of you will get in. Mm. And then he sort of sees me hovering and he says, would you, would you be able to tell the people at the back of the queue? No. He's got the responsibility to you. Yes. This is horrendous. Exactly. So I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to go back there and start bellowing. I'm still going to start oh. making announcements. I'm, I'm appointing myself like the, the town crier. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. Of course I'll do that. So what I say is, oh, yeah, no problem. And then I just go back and, and mutter to Sarah, look, um, we're not getting in. The queue, closing the queue in 15 minutes. Let's go. Because I, th- I think a great principle in life is show, don't tell. Yes, Lead by, by leaving. example. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So that's what we did. Annabelle, I can't e- even fathom the uh, the possibility that somebody has sat down and sent us email in this heat. They have. they have. Yes, I'm wonderful? very grateful. Um, Jack McMorrow got in contact about fictional drifters, which we Oh, been- yeah compiling a list of he says i think there are many drifters to be found in the star trek franchise especially main characters interesting yeah. so 
Um, I'm trying to think. So, well, he's got some suggestions for you. Okay, okay. Because I, I only really know the one with um, Doctor Spock and Mister well, Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> he does start with Spock. He says Spock is a drifter. He's he's always about how he's half human and half Vulcan, and wondering how to fit into either culture. Then I get, I get that, but he doesn't seem particularly racked with anxiety over mm. it mm. okay but I, so I he's do, borderline I do, yeah 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 okay but maybe jack i'd be happy to be persuaded further mm. but i can't imagine dr spock having a flashback of something he'd said in 1984 <laughs> oh god why did it <laughs> not 1984 i mean what would it be 25 24 star dates i don't know <laughs> anyway i mean jack jack i bow to your superior knowledge on this clearly then there is Star Trek The Next Generation's Android Data. He spends seven seasons and it's four movies striving to be human rather than android. And to me, that is being a drifter. <laughs> My favourite regular... That is a regular, very succinct way of summarising it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My favourite regular is Dr. Julian Bashir from Star Trek's Deep Space Nine. He's secretly a genetically modified human and does incredibly complex maths in his head in seconds. He also spends much of the early seasons, especially the first, not being able to connect properly with other people. Uh, he says there's Sylvia Tilly in Star Trek Discovery who is wired differently and has trouble in social situations and can't really get on with new people until she spends ages with them and then she's massive on them. And finally, I'm going to highlight Nurse Chapel in Star Trek Strange New Worlds. She is so blunt with patience. There was one episode where she was attending to the badly injured first officer and told her, this will feel like giving birth out of your mouth. The first officer says, who speaks like that? Looking disgruntled, Chapel says, well, me. I mean, that that is just, this This will feel like you're giving birth out of your mouth feels like something somebody would email into a story for us. So that, I mean, those are great, Jack. And I, I don't know about you, but I feel... Um, Privileged to have such a trekker mm. um, <laughs> uh, listen to the podcast. So may, may the force be with you, Jack. Okay, now story from Rob Carey in Salt Lake City. Um, and if you're um, sensitive or queasy or... Well, it contains a toilet. Okay, I am sensitive and queasy, but I'm generally fine with toilets. Yeah, okay. But you were Is addressing it... the, the uh, drifters, obviously. Yeah, yeah. This is actually about my brother, but I'm sure he'd be okay with me sharing it with you as he's told many people this story. So back in the 90s, my brother, let's call him Rick, had a job delivering yellow pages door to door somewhere in the south of the country. On this particular day, he was working in an area of town that was quite far away from the office and home, but somehow appeared quite familiar for some unknown reason. This will make sense in a minute. After about an hour of walking, the numerous cups of coffee he'd consumed in the office were beginning to work their way through his body and he started to get the feeling that he needed to go to the toilet, number two. He started to calculate whether he could hold it in long enough to finish delivering his yellow pages then head home. He figured that he could probably hold it in a while longer and made the decision to carry on. Unfortunately, after only a short while, his stomach began cramping and quickly got worse. He realised he'd read his body incorrectly and quickly started calculating how long it would take to drive home. Once in his car, his safety window began to shrink as simultaneously his all-important sphincter muscles continued to widen. (laughs) He had to make an executive decision and quickly... Just then, hitting him like a bolt of lightning, he suddenly remembered why the area of town was so familiar. An old university friend, we'll call him Dave, had taken Rick to his childhood home on one of their holidays when his parents were out of town. Rick couldn't believe his luck when just a few minutes later he turned the corner and there, right in front of him, was Dave's parents' house. 
Was this a mirage, he thought, as beams of light emitted from the roof of the house like a scene from the Raiders of the Lost Ark? With no time to lose, he ran up to the front door, knocked on it, then it suddenly dawned on him that he couldn't just ask these people who he'd actually never met before if he could use their loo. What could he say? Well, before he could think of anything, the door swung open and there stood a grey-haired man who Rick prayed was Dave's dad. Hello, said my brother. Uh, I'm a friend of Dave's from university and he said that if I was ever in the area, I should pop in and say hello to his parents. Well, here I am. Oh, (laughs) hello, said Dave's dad. Oh, that's very nice of you. Yes, come on in. (laughs) Well, Rick could feel the relief in every part of his body as he followed Dave's dad through a hallway and into the kitchen where he was met by a welcoming mother. Come in, sit down. And then came the question he was dreading the most. Do you fancy a nice cup of tea? Even though he could barely sit down with dread of bending over, how could he possibly say no? (laughs) Questions about how Dave was at uni and what Rick is up to now were just a blur as he wolfed down his tea, only stopping to wipe sweat from his brow as he tried his hardest not to poo himself in the middle of the two strangers' (laughs) kitchen. He finished the tea, then asked if he could use the toilet, making (laughs) making it seem as though he needed a wee. Of course you can, was the obvious reply. But then relief turned to absolute horror when Rick's eyes followed the pointed finger of Dave's mum to a tiny stall right there in the kitchen. And to make it even worse than unleashing what Rick now felt was an enormous poo, barely five feet away from John's parents, was that the doors to the toilet were two Wild West-style saloon doors. Oh, no, 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 (laughs) About one foot off the ground and barely three feet tall. Well, Rick couldn't bring himself. What's wrong to- with these people? <laughs> Rick couldn't bring himself to ask if there was another toilet somewhere else in the house. And anyway, by this time he was pretty much touching cloth. He gritted his teeth, stood up, gave an apologetic smile, and made his way to the toilet. Oh no! The saloon doors continued to hit his bum as he undid his trousers, and as he turned around to sit on this toilet, his head poked over the swing doors, and he saw Dave's parents sitting back down to finish their tea and biscuits at the (laughs) kitchen table. He could have almost grabbed the last hobnob had he wanted. He sat down and was shocked to discover that he could observe Dave's parents through the gap between the doors. Oh, God, oh, God. To start with, Rick tried as hard as he possibly could to conceal the noises, first placing toilet paper in the water to deaden the fall. (laughs) But once the inevitable first fart came out, he'd given up any hope of maintaining his dignity and just let everything go, cringing at the thought. After what felt like a lifetime, he was finished. Now time to wipe. (laughs) Rick stood up to wipe his bum. And once again, his head rose above the top of the saloon doors to witness Dave's poor parents still sitting at the kitchen table, looking somewhat shell-shocked. Rick flushed the toilet. Thankfully, it all went down in one go. Opened the door and said, well, thanks for the tea. It's been nice to meet you. Put his head down and headed towards the door without looking back. Oh, God. I mean, so much that. I especially liked... um... When he uh, he said, um, "Can I just pop to your toilet as if you just needed a wee?" <laughs> like <laughs> like you ever like you ever um, explain which it is you'll be doing. Just <laughs> pop to your toilet, just to let you know. I'll be moving my bowels and maybe some time. I mean, it's just so much. Like, firstly, what, I mean, it raises the question: What is the minimum amount of time you can go between arriving at somebody's house and asking to use the toilet? Yes, and obviously that is somewhat reliant 
on the uh, uh, intimacy of relationship, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think at the moment they said, would you like a cup of tea? He said, oh, that'd be lovely. Actually, do you mind if I just pop to your toilet while, while I make it? Yeah, go first. Yeah, but, yeah. But then the cel- I mean, if you if you were writing a cringe sitcom... And you suggested, what if they had saloon doors on the toilet? <laughs> You'd just say, no, that 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 it's not believable. It's too, too much. much. Like people wouldn't. But I have no reason to disbelieve this story. And I can picture them so well. I don't know why. There's something about them sort of being just off the kitchen and in the kitchen and so yeah, I can oh, see God. them. They're a they're a kind of a pale wood, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I can see them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that passed modern building regulations. Mm. Yeah, but- maybe not. It's really something that, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I remember once, Jimmy, you, Anna, Annabelle very kindly knows that I like spicy food and will often buy me a hot sauce. There was one occasion she went to a chili festival and, and bought uh, a sauce called, and there's a profanity in this, apologies if, uh, if you don't like swearing, skip the next 15 seconds. It was called Satan's Shit. And there was this whole thing where I tried it on the radio and there's a whole story which I've told before and, and um, don't have time for now because I'm too hot. But um, it, it culminated with me having to get off a bus and then I was lying on a pavement before realising a friend lived ne- nearby. But because he was a good friend, I was able to knock on the door and as soon as he answered, barrel past him. Despite <laughs> the fact that he was on crutches, actually, it's a weird detail, and, and go and sort of evacuate in his toilet. Wow. But you can't really do that with uh, university friends. Parents, parents you've, ne- you've, you've never, never actually met before. Met before. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that is astonishing. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. I hope that uh, he is fine with you regaling us with that tale. I mean, we're we're all very happy about it. <laughs> Please send us your story of terrible social incidents. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. So I went somewhere on Sunday. Guess where? Church. Come on now. It's Sunday, so preschool's closed. So where would it be? Oh, Sainsbury's. Yeah, yeah Sainsbury's. <laughs> <laughs> and as I was leaving, a man with a charity... Imagine collect- if somebody was targeting you and then like <laughs> trying to make a map of the different locations you're in. <laughs> Like, they wouldn't need a big map, would they? It would be a very, very small map. As I was leaving Sainsbury's, a man with a charity collection tin asked me for money, not by shaking it, because that's illegal, isn't it? (laughs) Shaking a tin? Don't, oh God, don't. This was, for some reason, this was a very present thing in my childhood that everyone talked a lot about how shaking the tin was illegal. Have you never heard that before? Oh, no, 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 no. You can do it now with Brexit. Rubbish, absolutely rubbish. Nothing yeah, to a Brexit. Like EU stuff absolute people. rubbish. I looked into <laughs> it and honestly, nobody knows if it's illegal or not. I say 50% of the internet says it is and the other half says it isn't. And I couldn't find any kind of definitive answer. But having done a lot of research, I was left with the feeling that it's probably not actually illegal. I, th- I think the uh, Tory leadership hopefuls should make it a key plank of their individual campaigns. What, being illegal? Or legal, having a stance on it one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they seem to be like, enjoying taking a stance on things that don't really matter one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. brilliant. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a weird law anyway, if, if it does exist, because when I hear that money rattling, I think, oh, we've got enough already, don't need any more. You've got loads <laughs> in there to making that kind of racket. <laughs> anyway, I do know what should be illegal. 
And it is the exchange I had with this charity collection man. Two things to mention first. I didn't have my purse on me because I was paying with my phone because I'm a very modern gal. But also because I accidentally left my purse at home as I'm a lady of a certain age and therefore have no memory left. (laughs) The other thing is I didn't want to give this person any money. Sorry about that. So he's at the exit. Is it out of tightness? Is it out of principle of the charity they were collecting for? Tightness. Yeah, yeah. Or, or lack of funds. <laughs> well, yeah, charity begins at home, doesn't it? Well, in this case, it did. Yeah. So he's at I the exit. You'd be more charitable to yourself at home. Yeah, yeah, anything. yeah, yeah. He's at the exit, and I walk past him, and he asks for a donation. And I say the old line that he has heard, no doubt, a thousand times that day. Sorry, I don't have any change, which I don't. And then he lifts up this thing he's, that he's wearing around his neck a card reader and says, oh, it's okay, I take cards. This should be illegal because he's catching everybody out with this. But not me, though, because I can say, oh, I paid by phone, I don't have a card, which actually is obviously very ill thought out because, of course, he then says, oh, no, phone's fine. Yeah. And I have to say, no, it's okay, thanks, and walk away a public liar. This should be illegal. (laughs) I used to say those charity clipboard collectors all the time because I had to walk to work down busy London Road, Carnaby mm. Street. And I thought I wouldn't see them much anymore because I mostly work from home. But they come to my front door now. Do they come to your front door? I don't answer my front door. I don't answer your front door. With you? Why would you answer the front door? <laughs> well, the difficult thing is, is that my desk sort of looks out onto the front door so they pretend can see to be me. A, pretend to be a waxwork. Oh, I never thought I'd pretend to be a waxwork. That's yeah, a great I've, idea. I've sometimes wondered. <laughs> Thanks. Especially when we're doing that breakfast show. <laughs> Thanks again. She's the waxwork today. <laughs> so it's much harder to say no when they're at your front door. You can't just keep walking and say, sorry, you're late for work. Or pretend to be walking and crying like I once did, even though, <laughs> even though it didn't work. She still asked me to sign up. But I signed up to a load of them. And then every time I saw one from the same company, like, say, Shelter, it would kill me that I would say, quite honestly, oh, I've already given money to you. and I'm doing it every month. And they would assume I'm lying because that's yes, what everyone yes, says. Yes, yes, yes. I honestly consider getting my direct debits printed out as proof <laughs> that I wasn't lying. <laughs> On a clipboard. Yes, I should just carry it around with me. Anyway, I'm annoyed that I didn't think to say to this man with the tin that my phone had just run out of battery. That would have been good. Although he probably just pulled out a phone charger for every mobile brand. He's, he's got it all covered. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How are you doing there? Yeah, good, yeah. You've got no fan or anything on then, though? To be honest, I find it unbearable outside. The inside of my flat is actually all right. I'm just trying to... I'm I'm focusing on what you're saying and on the emails and everything, but I am also just trying to think about cold things. 
like thinking what what are the coldest things I can think of right now to cool myself down. So like uh, ice skating rink, mm. the north of Sweden in February. Mm. A, a particular former colleague of ours um, I'm thinking of, uh, mm. Planet Hoth from Star Wars. Let me ask you a question. Ready for this? Mm-hmm. Abominable snowman. Yeah. Yeti. Yeah. Bigfoot. Yeah. All the same entity or three different things? Abominable snowman, Yeti, Bigfoot. I don't know. I don't know either. I just don't know. Okay. I think the Yeti and the Bigfoot are definitely the same, but the um, the abominable snowman, abominable snowman, what a name. <laughs> it's misleading as well. The, the, you know, what you think of when you think of a, an abominable snowman probably isn't a Yeti-like creature. It's like a really dark version of uh, that cartoon they show at Christmas, The Snowman. Yeah, I think it's. I saw you know the bit where the snowman's taking him into the woods, and he eventually meets Santa at the snowman's party or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I did. I did once see um, just that bit clipped to some very sinister mu- music of this big snowman taking a child into the woods, and I thought that that is what an abominable snowman looks like. Yes, that's what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, okay, you're unable to answer that. Let me ask you another question. Mm-hmm. Our friend Gareth sent me a text message last Thursday mm-hmm. uh, saying, oh, wow, what about what happens in episode seven of Better Call Saul? Right. Now, I um, I thought I knew what he was alluding to, mm. but I didn't definitely know which one was episode seven. I think it was the, the last one before it went on a little break. It's just come back last week. Um, but... But I, I thought I'd better check that just in case it's the wrong thing. Mm. Then I never got round to it. It's mm. now Tuesday. Is it weird to reply to that text message at this point? No, no, absolutely not. No, no, so definitely, just, definitely do just it. Just carry on the conversation as if yep. it's, it's normal. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Say, oh, sorry, I forgot to reply and then give what you would have said anyway. So I have to say, sorry, I forgot to reply. You don't have to. It's not no. just like leaving a really long, long pause in the conversation. I, if someone didn't say sorry, I wouldn't be bothered by it, but I'd be bothered if they never, ever like, replied to me. Okay, okay, good to know. Let me ask you another question. Mm-hmm. See this here that I'm holding up to the camera? Is it a water bottle? It's a water bottle. It's a thermos water bottle. So, great, because it, it keeps hot things hot and cold things cold. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, Sarah and I went out to try and go swim in. She brought this with ice and water in it. Mm-hmm. So whenever she uh, sipped some, it was ice cold. I brought a regular water bottle. So it was, um, I mean, I don't what's what's the next one up from lukewarm? Just regular warm by the yeah. time I sipped out of it. Um, she finished hers quite quickly and there was still quite a lot of ice in there. She said, why don't you pour my yours into mine? Mm-hmm. Here's my question. If what the thermos does is keep things at a constant temperature, mm. Would we have ended up with a thermos full of tepid water or would the ice have cooled it down or would it kind of split the difference? Why are you asking me and not Professor Brian Cox? I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I'm interviewing him on Friday, uh, Thursday. Oh, there you go. There's your first question. Well, my first one was going to be about uh, photocopies having personalities. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, don't, I know that's painful. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't ask that's him that. That's a tiny in-joke about when Annabelle and I mm. uh, interviewed him and he, he really got you back up by mm. refusing to engage with you on a he's, scientific personality. It's uh, extremely... theory that you had about personalities. He was extremely dismissive, yeah. Basically, your theory is if you go to operate a photocopier in a bad mood, it's less 
gaslights your work? It's just something I've observed from my time working in offices. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'm not going to dwell on that because it no. went poor. It went poorly the last time. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, uh, do you see what I'm getting at though? Mm-hmm. It's quite a confusing thing. So if I was to yeah. pour a cup of tea in it, it would keep the tea hot. If mm-hmm. I was to pour icy water in it, it keeps it icy cold. Mm. If I then introduce something warmer than what's already in there, what happens? Is it at the moment you put the lid on it, it keeps it at that temperature? It must. But, it must. That, why that's wouldn't all the it ice does. continue to make it cold? It will just. It will just merge into. I, I'm going to ask Brian Cox this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the scientist, not the one from Succession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, moving on. So take that off, take that off, take that off. Joe, you know, I was this close to um, doing the podcast topless today. Oh, thank you for putting I know a T-shirt we on. about this last week. Uh, I thought, what if I didn't put the camera on since we're doing it remotely and then I could be topless? But even the thought of being topless, you knowing I was topless or, or, or maybe even if I didn't tell you, you intuiting that I was topless felt too embarrassing to me. Really? That's how much of a never nude I am. Oh, you know, um, out the front of our house at the moment, the uh, the, the the hedge is gone. We, mm-hmm. we is this boring? It's quite boring, I suppose. It was a box hedge. In the past few years, there is a certain type of uh, blight. It's called box blight, which has come to our country, I think, from Germany, mm. despite Brexit. <laughs> Um, that eats just these particular hedges and turns them into a petrified forest. And, and our hedge had become an eyesore and there was no chance of it ever recovering. So we had to have it removed. So now our front room is exposed to the street. We've got a, a, a front yard of about not even two metres, I don't think. So anybody on the street can look in the window and see us. Mm-hmm. So even when it's just me and Sarah, I, I can't be topless in the in the living room through fear of somebody seeing me through the window. Oh, really? Okay. Because it's just nice to look in other people's houses, isn't it? Oh, I always have a good look if I can. Oh, yeah. And I don't mean in a peeping Tom way. No, 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 no. Just nosy. Just mean to, yeah, it's just like nice to have a look. I love going for a walk at dusk is the best time. Mm. It's before people close the curtains, but they've put, put their lights on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a I'm great time. I'm sounding like I, I maybe have... Um, <laughs> a bit too premeditated in this. My kitchen looks directly onto my next door neighbour's kitchen. There's only like maybe a metre, no, there's maybe two metres between them. Um, and their hedge has grown very, very tall so that it's obscuring the window at the moment. And I have considered asking them to cut it down because I can't see in very well at the moment. <laughs> That's so funny because uh, we have a tree outside our window and and it means that I am, just if I'm in the bedroom, I'm just nude all the time if, because the the neighbour can't see in at this time of year. Uh, but I've got to be very got to be very aware of what the tipping point is when that tree starts to shed its leaves. <laughs> it's like one of those um, pens that the, the lady gradually gets sort of yes, more yes. and more naked. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly like that. So <laughs> I, I, I was thinking like if I lived in a fancy house, I would have no problem with this no hedge situation. Why? Because... I just want to show off about how nice my house was, but I mean, it's just a tip. Like we still got the flags that I put up on Eurovision, right? Two two months later, at this point, maybe more, <laughs> right, right. Like there's jeans stuff everywhere. Our sofa has got a big patch on it. Have we talked on the? Did we talk on the podcast? Are we talking in real life about? And this is either something that is happening as I'm getting older, or it is because of Sarah. And I think it's because of Sarah mm-hmm. that. All our stuff ends up with holes in it. Okay. The bed sheets. Oh, yes. Yeah. You did mention the yeah, bed like sheets. Yeah, like she's a werewolf or something. And the sofa. 
I've never ended up with holes in the sofa, but we're constantly having to take the sofa cushion covers to the dry cleaner and have patches put on them. Do they do that? Well, yeah, they probably don't. Um, not, well, not well. I mean, it's, <laughs> not, not, what not, call, it's not what you might call invisible mending. Right, right. Like, okay. I think sort of existentially, there's an interesting question as to where, whether our sofa cushion cover is the same cushion cover at this point <laughs> or if it's primarily patches. Right, right. Um, and we need another one, but I, ca- I cannot go in the dry cleaners. Not just because of the heat. Right, right. So, um, and this is a problem because I have got stuff in there and I wonder what the, like, how long do they keep it for before they think, ah, let's bin it? Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe it's just a year, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Uh, Yeah, that's fine then. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm only about seven months in at this point. Okay. Um, So I can't go in because of something that happened the other day. Oh, go on. So Gina and I are walking down the street and you know I've got my stuff with faces and I, I find it very, very difficult to remember faces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I've, uh, I'm, I'm somewhere on the prosopagnosia scale. Mm-hmm. I got tested. This isn't just me making up a thing to make yeah, myself yeah. sound more interesting. So, so a lady comes towards us and she's so friendly and says, hello, hello, Eugene, in, um, in a very friendly voice. I go, hi, how are you? Good to see you whilst desperately trying to think who she might be, Eugene then goes, who's that? Oh, no, the worst. You need to teach him not to say that. I can't. Uh, I've, I've tried. I don't know how to teach oh, him not to say no. So I just make an educated guess. She's got uh, an Eastern European accent. I remember when he was at nursery a couple of years ago, there was one of the um, one of the people who worked there oh. uh, with a similar accent. And I said, it's Renata. From oh, no. and then I said the name of the co- uh, of the nursery, which yeah. is also just a noun, right? Okay, it, it's a, it's a food stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm being so coy about naming the nursery. Is that weird? It doesn't go there anymore, but I suppose it does. It does narrow down quite a lot where you live. <laughs> but people, I think, like that would be very that would be as easy to piece together as your movements. True, true. Anyway, um, it's called coconut. Why was I being so coy I about that? Know. I said it's Renata from Coconut. She then goes, she looks slightly affronted and goes, no, it's me from the dry cleaner. Oh, no. What do you oh. think I did in that situation? I don't know. What did you do? Port protocol, but aggressive port po- protocol, which is carry on like nothing happened. I went, oh, yeah, I know. And then just carried on asking, que- sort of aggressively <laughs> and bombastically asking questions about how things were in the dry cleaners and how all the guys were. And it must be hot at this time of year. <clears throat> so I think I kind of gaslighted her. To avoid my own embarrassment in not recognising her. Yeah, because you were sort of making out that, like, yeah, what I didn't say that. What are you thinking I said that for? Like no, of course I know perfect that. English. Oh, and I no. wonder if I left her thinking, did I, I speak perfect? I'm, I'm sure he said that my name was Renata from, and he mentioned a coconut, but maybe I misheard <laughs> that. Those two things don't go together. Oh, no. So I, I don't know how long it is before I can now go in there and pick my stuff up. But, well, I don't know until she's left, probably. Yeah, probably. I really want a lanyard. A lanyard for you, like or to say what to say what your disability is. Some flower lanyards that yeah, people have say they've yeah, got a hidden yeah. disability. I want one more, just explaining with the face thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you Although should it get sound, one. It sounds made up. It's you know everybody. If I had that, people would think I made it myself. <laughs> Time for quandary corner in the insufferably hot problematic. First one is from Ellie. 
My quandary feels like it should be the most simple thing to deal with, but I've been twisting my mind around and around for the past few weeks, trying and failing to solve it. I'm sure any non-drifter wouldn't even have to think about how to deal with this situation. I started having acupuncture a few weeks ago, which in itself has been great and hasn't surprisingly caused me any drifter dilemmas. The problem lies with the reminder text where, which the acupuncturist sends each week to remind me about my appointment. He words it in such a way that I know he wants a response to confirm that I will be attending the session. So this is my dilemma. What am I supposed to write in response every week? Is it okay to respond with the same thing every week, such as, thanks for the reminder, I'll see you tomorrow? Or should I vary what I say and keep the responses on rotation so it doesn't think I'm really bland? So far, I've used things like, see you tomorrow, I'm looking forward to it, and yep, all good with me, and great, see you tomorrow. I've run out of variations on this theme, and I think I'm spending far too much worry time on it. Would a simple thumbs up emoji suffice? Yeah, so I think you've got two two options here. One is thumbs up, even that thumbs up reaction you can do by holding your finger down on a text, uh, yeah, which yeah. I do a lot these days. I used to think it was, you know, I think like a lot of these things, we, we've um, reduced human interaction down to a sub-Neanderthal mm. level where we mm. might as well just be grunting at each other. Mm. But I, I, I've really come around to those reaction emoji. Yep. They're very as, as somebody who is very, very sloppy at replying to text messages and email and so on. And also you don't like to use an emoji, do you? So for you, it's either do yes. the, that kind of response or you have to use words. Yes, yeah. Um, or the other thing to do is the passive-aggressive route where just send multiple paragraph texts until he gets the message. Oh, what, in response? Yeah. Oh, really? So he'll be like so sick of reading them all that he'll think, oh, bother. There's people who send you Christmas cards telling you everything that them and their kids have done that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I know is is nice and narcissistic. So it could be like, yeah, yeah, definitely coming. I have got the dentist beforehand. Then later on, I've got to go back to work to finish a document. And the document is quite a long one. That's got to be an on front. This kind of like very rambly answer. They want it in word format. um, But I haven't got Word. I've got a Mac and I I use um, pages. So I think I'm going to export it as PDF, (laughs) although that's not ideal, is it? There is a thing online where, yeah, all the, you know, just go off off like that. Interesting. what's what's, What's your advice? Well... I think that a rotation is good. I, what I would do is I'd set aside half an hour, which you are spending more than that on worrying anyway, set it around half an hour and then script write, say, 30 responses. It's too many. So I, th- I think you only need six in rotation. Oh, right, six responses. So, so I, I think over the next six times the message comes, reply to it with a short sentence in the vein of the ones you've been using. Mm. And then after six, just cut and paste. And um, Yeah, okay. I think that's fine. Okay. 30 seems excessive, Annabelle. Mm. Okay. So it's, it's making work for idle hands, that. It says, yes. says, says a lot about you, that. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to Laura. She says, I was given some AirPods for my birthday this year. I love them, but I found that receiving a call when I'm out walking gives me a bit of anxiety. And sometimes I feel myself walking along, listening to my ringtone, waiting until I'm not near anyone before I start talking. Mm. I guess I'm trying to spare other people that horrible humiliation of responding to someone, then realising they're not actually talking to you. Is this just unavoidable with discreet wireless headphones? It is one of the reasons. The main one being that I just lose them, but it's and I know they've got the find my thing on them, but um, it's it's the main reason I don't use them. First, firstly, I think they can make you look like you're wearing weird little earrings. 
I've got no, I used to wear an earring, but it's, it's not, you know, the design isn't aesthetically pleasing from an earring perspective for me. Right. I like the way they just stop. It looks like you've been badly photoshopped. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then secondly, I just, I, I find it really difficult when I'm out and about to use hands-free without feeling like I'm, I look ridiculous. Mm. And I think I've got baggage from how bad they used to sound when we were on the radio and people would come on the air and try and uh, talk to us on the air through a hands-free thing and you'd constantly be saying to them, can you come off hands-free? Oh, yes, I'd forgotten that. I know, that was it's, like danger- I know it's dangerous. I know it's dangerous, <laughs> but we'd rather you risk death on the no, motorway. I, <laughs> I had a script and it was like, can you pull over and come off hands-free? Can you yeah, pull but over then, and come But, but you weren't free? checking that they had pulled over. No, no, I couldn't. And what could I do? Yeah, because they're not going to pull over. I, mean, I don't know. Be. Yeah, I don't know. It's getting a bit of dogging while they're... Oh. Um, I'm annoy- I, I can tell I'm annoying you today. No. I think there's something spiky about me because of the heat. You, I it's getting you back up. No, I'm fine. I'm okay. f- the heat's getting to us all, but I'm fine. Okay. okay. I do I do know what she means. I don't have um wireless headphones, but it does on more than one occasion I've been freaked out by somebody thinking they're talking to me and they're not. So how can you avoid doing this? She says she waits until that person has passed. Could you just avoid the gaze very directly? Put your hands over your face. <laughs> Anything to make it obvious you're not talking to the other person. Could you not have a dummy phone that you pretend to hold up to your, to your ear? <laughs> a dummy phone. Well, couldn't you just hold your actual phone up to your ear for a bit? Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd work. You don't necessarily need a dummy. Yeah, yeah it would look strange. People see you with one earpod in and a, and a phone on the other. It ear. would. It would look very strange. Yeah. I don't know. I just think maybe this is something we just all need to get used to because everyone's going to get them soon. Well, did you see that Kirsty also accidentally sw- swallowed hers? I'm I'm quite um, mystified by this. Tell me more. Oh, you didn't see this. It was, no. a, it, was it was a thing on Twitter. She um, she <laughs> she accidentally swallowed one of her. AirPods because she got it mixed up with her medication that she was taking and she accidentally swallowed one. So she presumably she took it with water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was quite I'm the story. Just, now I'm just trying to think about that because firstly, if I if I try and take a it's impossible to take, like say for example, a paracetamol without water. I've tried on multiple occasions and it just won't mm. go down. Mm. Try and like get a bit of saliva going. Yeah, work up a bit, and I can't do it. So I always need to sip of something. But by the time the AirPod was in, I mean, I'm just thinking about just even though it's just probably less than half a second, the delay between popping the AirPod in your mouth and taking a sip mm. would be enough to think. I think this is plastic. <laughs> well, I think she had a handful of tablets, and you know those kind of gelatine ones, those sort of plasticky ones. You got and maybe God. some were quite big. It was it was very confusing. How wide is her throat? <laughs> I think it got stuck in the throat and had to be pulled out. I don't think she actually, I don't think it went down the gullet. Right. Mm. Wow. You don't think she's just saying it for attention? So that's always possible, isn't it? Always. She doesn't seem the type. So have we solved that? Kind of, not really. No, not really, no. but um, I don't think we're going to either. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner or you have further thoughts on quandaries that you've heard that you would like us to pass on to the Drifters Concerned via the podcast, then you can email us. We also want your stories of incidents where you've just found yourself thinking, I have no place amongst other human beings. I am incapable 
of interacting like a normal person. Oh, and um, more examples of drifters in fiction, please. The email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Um, we are also currently accepting submissions for publications, I think. Are we, Annabelle? Yes, definitely. We... definitely. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah hello at adriftpodcast.com thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music Carla Gowlett took our photos Kim Rainey designed our artwork and uh, I'll, I'll finish this week before I melt by saying no matter how unpleasant this heat is it is not as bad as the feeling of giving birth via your mouth Podication. I feel like I sung that to the tune of the Desperado by the Eagles, which wouldn't be the first time. Mm. I don't, I'm not, not familiar with that song. Oh, I think it's bigger in the States than it is here. And I, I think I, I know it mainly through an episode of uh, Seinfeld. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not um, an Eagles fan particularly. Sorry mm-hmm. to upset anybody who is. I'm sure they're good, but I, t- I see the video for Hotel California and I see somebody playing one of those double-necked guitars. Oh, yeah. And there's very little more revolting to me than a double-necked guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, I, I, I love music and, you know, particularly a lot of guitar music, but I find double-necked guitars revolting and I find any kind of, sort of tribute concert or charity concert where there are too many men on stage playing guitar, I find that really revolting as well. You know, where you get a bunch of old legends, mm-hmm. and there's like twelve of them or some twelve of them or something. Mm-hmm. It's I find it very distasteful. It's um, <laughs> you know, it reminds me of um, let's just say I think it's masturbatory. Okay. Oh God. Okay. Now I am thinking it's disgusting. I don't know, but I don't know. Maybe I've just got a weird hang up about it it's just when there's too many is it when they're all playing guitar yes it's specifically that it's when you've got loads of them and they're kind of playing at each other yeah they're doing guitar faces (laughs) yeah 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 i do know what you mean yeah yeah i think for for me three is the maximum number (laughs) i could go with without feeling a little sickened by the whole uh whole state of affairs oh i love it how you can threes at three's okay but 12 uh, uh. yeah well no if it's for 12 tar- i mean 12 is uh is four. extreme but four no. yeah yeah like there's a really really good uh they show it on sky arts quite a lot black and white roy orbison tribute i think from the late 80s and it's great but it just does get a bit too many um people all pointing the guitars at each other and doing that face as if they're about to uh um Mm. Producer, yeah, uh, yeah. Ejaculate. fine, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we move on to the fornication? Uh, uh, yes. Okay, this comes from Ah oh, Verity Jones, who says, "Hello, hello, hello. Please, may I raise a podication I think "raise" is the right verb in this mm. uh, situation, is it? For the brilliant Jenny Worth, she introduced me to this podcast about a year ago, knowing that I would enjoy it, and I do. I am a drifter. Jenny has also contributed some excellent tales to Adrift. I was so excited and starstruck to hear someone I know on my favourite podcast twice now. Jenny's been a wonderful friend since we were born. Well, since she was born, I'm, I'm one month older. That's great. That's not, lovely, not just isn't a it? lifelong yeah. friendship. Because I mean, I, I don't have a lifelong relationship no, with anybody I'm not related me, to. But yeah, me too. Um, 
but 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 he, but the fact that at this point in, I mean, I'm guessing you're not still babies. But <laughs> well, at this point not. in, that Jenny is here in this podcast and thinking, do you know I'd like this? Verity. Although I know that's not what she uh, she calls you, which we'll, we'll come on to. Um, yeah, so so Verity's one month older. Uh, she says, she's so hilarious and I love our shared shorthand understanding of our shared shorthand understanding of things that are annoying or awkward or embarrassing. Exchanging anecdotes is always wonderful. We laugh so much still at events and people from our childhood and teenage years. I just love the joy that our friendship bursts with. It is a wonderful thing. Just having those miles on the clock, isn't it, with somebody? Mm-hmm. I love yeah. it. It's like me and you, isn't it? Yeah, we've known each other for how long now? Over 20 years, must be. Uh, it's 21 this year, isn't it? We're, mm. we're, we're coming of age. We've mm. got the key to the door. We've never been 21 before. Actually, it might have been 21 last year, but let's not get If it is 21, we're already past the uh, past the auspicious occasion. Oh, we yeah, we, we don't have an anniversary as such, so we can't no. pinpoint the exact date, no. Yeah. Although we, we tend not to um, <laughs> laugh about... Uh, <laughs> things and people from the past largely because I, i've regurgitated all those anecdotes so many times on the podcast i see you glaze over <laughs> but, um I, th- I think our method of bonding is is more um connecting over anxiety about current and future events mm-hmm. but you know each friendship is its own thing isn't it like yeah like each one is different um but that sounds wonderful. She is getting married on the 10th of September after patiently waiting for two years of pandemic delays. So please wish her many, many congratulations and a beautiful day. I can't wait to be a bridesmaid and I do genuinely love the dress. It can be a minefield. I'm really sorry about the dresses I made, Jerry. Uh, sorry, Jenny. Jerry. Sorry, <laughs> I'm too hot. Anything yeah. that's bad about today's podcast or wrong or mistakes, I'm blaming on the heat. And then if you go back and listen to some ones from when it wasn't hot, I don't know. What we can, <laughs> but maybe I knew the heat was coming on some yeah. subconscious level. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm really sorry about the dresses I made. Jenny and the other bridesmaids wear at my first wedding. I, d- I think these things change so quickly. It might have been fine at the time, is all I would say in your defense. I'm sure it was. I'm sure yeah. it was. Much love, Verity, or Taj, or Taj. I don't know if it's Taj as in Taj Mahal or Taj as in, it's kind of like a Beano-type nickname, that, isn't it? Eh, mm. Taj. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the nickname that only Jenny uses for me. Oh, P.S. I was... Nickname. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. Because if anything, I because I, everybody, when I first met you, used to call you Hamble after your oh uh, childhood nickname after that <laughs> oh uh, weird doll on Play School. But I, I sort of reintroduced Annabelle, which everyone calls you now. <laughs> Bella is Bella. And it's, it's, it's done you a favour, if anything. I have had moments for that. where I thought, was I called Hamble at school? And I think, no, I wasn't. Why? I'm, I'm letting you believe, make me believe that I was called Hamble at school were. when I wasn't. But now I wasn't. you're messing with, you're, you're, you're doing reverse Jedi mind tricks on me to make me think I made it up. I wasn't. Um, I'll send some tales too, she says in a PS. Jenny said I must. And then PPS, I loved how much you loved the ABBA show. I'm a deputy backing singer on it, so I cover the vocalist now and then, and I find it magical too. Oh, my God, I have a million questions. Mm. Um, I mean, I'll tell you what is difficult for me about that show is I, I, I don't want to know how it works because it's so magical. Mm. I don't want to risk taking it apart, see how it works, and then not being able to put it back together again. Right. But it's so wonderful. And I don't know. I wonder if Verity might have been singing The Night We Were In. It's not 
what night were we in? It was a Sunday, wasn't it? Was it Sunday the 26th? Of June. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that was you, the one I'm thinking of, you were amazing. If you weren't working that night, there was one that I identified as a little weaker than the other. <laughs> do you know what? They, they, they could do with uh, bumping the dep up to uh, this, the, the main role here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that, of course. It, I mean, it was just amazing. The the brilliant... I, mean, I, I banged on about it when we saw it, and I, I also am getting drenched in sweat here, but the brilliance of making sure that the... the, the 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 show is built around live music, even though the band members aren't. Mm, I just yes. think that that is, yeah, you know, perhaps the key ingredient to what is so special about it. Mm-mm. That and the complete sort of mind uh, mind. Um, I don't want to say the f word of of seeing Gabba on a stage and your brain thinking it's actually them there in the room at the time because it doesn't look any different in the, if they were yeah, in the room. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's it's incredible, uh, and what a thing to be involved in. And I will be back. I wonder if uh, I wonder if Verity gets comps. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. All right. Well, let, let's celebrate that friendship uh, of uh, oh Jenny. Tash. By the way, she had yeah. a story in recently, which I, I thought I'd remind you of because um, you know put put the story to the name. She was the one who sent in. who went on the long train journey and then stopped at that town and bought a Costa coffee and gave it to a big issue seller, oh, and then yeah, went yeah. back and said she didn't. But she hadn't bought coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, Jenny, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. great, great. Um, but let, let's just take a moment to uh, to celebrate that um, that friendship. Just wonderful. It sounds great, and uh, congratulations to uh, to Jenny on the impending nuptials. Mm. I think September is a fantastic month for a wedding. Oh, that's when you got married, wasn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A great month. I think you should get married again. Me? Yeah. No, I don't want to get divorced again. One divorce is enough. Do you not think like Tom doesn't seem to me like somebody who would like a lot of admin? So it might be a way of nailing him down. <laughs> eliminating the risk because it was too much hassle for him to leave yes, yeah yes. yeah yeah i hadn't thought of it that way yeah, yeah that's how i would be thinking of it if i were you Mm-mm. i mean i still think you know it's more likely than unlikely but it's worth a worth a go isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh all right so it's the latest edition of the podcast podicated to uh to jenny and if you would like a uh podication then please email us it is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Great. Stop. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.